messages will be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Good. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of After These Messages, the podcast all about television commercials. We talk about the good ones, we talk about the bad ones, and we talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this. You don't go to college, college goes to you. <laughs> My name's Andrew Welsh, I'm here with Genevieve Has. We don't host podcast, podcast hosts us. Hey Genevieve. Hi Andrew. Uh, a while back we did a show uh, looking at commercials starring people who would eventually become big celebrities. Your Tom Cruise's I don't actually know if Tom Cruise was in any... I don't think so, but you're Brian Cranston. Sure, yeah. And uh, we called it You Have to Start Somewhere. Today, we are doing the opposite of that. Uh, maybe we should call it You Have to End Somewhere. We are uh, talking about actors, actresses... Sports figures. Sports figures who are a bit past their prime. In shorthand, you've been calling this the Hasbins show. Hasbins is a is a harsh way of... Of saying it, we're going to be talking about these today, but I want to make it very clear that we're not making fun of somebody for being a has been because I've never been a bin. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the bar now. Being I have bin. to be as successful as Gary Busey once was to make fun of Gary Busey. Okay. I don't. I'm not agreeing to that. Okay, you can make fun of Gary Busey if you want to. Um, but his whole career, I have to star in Under Siege to make fun of Gary Busey. <laughs> the majority. Well, we'll we'll talk more about him later because. I mean, is Gary Busey, are we laughing at him or are we laughing with him? He clearly took a comedic turn in his career and kind of capitalized on his craziness in a knowing way. Yeah, he also took like a serious blow to the head, right? Like he's legitimately brain damaged. Yeah, didn't some, he, let's, get, let's get into that uh, in a little bit. Plus, uh, looking ahead um, to the ad council segment, one of our ad counselors uh, wrote in to offer a very different take on uh, some of those military commercials we were talking about a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, we'll unpack that. Yeah, all right. Well, for now, though, let's get into today's show. I know Cool and Cool's teaming up with a good balanced breakfast. Teaming up with Mr. T cereal. It's getting on the team, the team that knows how cool breakfast can be. You get a crispy corn taste with a touch of brown sugar. Teaming up with Mr. T. It's Cool. They really went in for the idea that breakfast is cool, which I like. <laughs> uh, that commercial uh, for Mr. T Cereal from 1984, which I, I think is safe to say was the height of Mr. T's popularity. Yeah, absolutely. Was the A-Team still on back then? It was. I looked up. I think A-Team petered out in 87 or okay. something. So yeah, that was kind of the, the height of that. Um, now, some 30 years later, he is back in an ad that I think you like a I lot. I do like. And I want to be clear, um, I will be making fun of a lot of these people. Um, whatever. Come at me, Mr. T. Actually, please don't. don't. <laughs> Actually, sir. Um, but I do think that there's there are some people who are, who are has-beens, and they're sort of unequivocally has-beens, who found a way to lean into it or to make the most of it, and who either have great agents or they have themselves great instincts. Um, and are doing they're doing work and they're cashing in on their their personas, but in a way that makes you feel like they're in on the joke and it doesn't feel like embarrassing for them. Mm -hmm. And I think this qualifies. So we were at the airport. I think we we're on our way back from some Christmas travel, and this 
you know, they have those TVs that blare just nonstop in the gate area. Right. And this this ad came on, and since I do a, a podcast about commercials, uh, I paid attention to it. It actually made me laugh. Uh, so I think uh, this is for Fairfield Inn and Suites, uh, which is like a hotel chain, kind of a mid, mid-range hotel chain. Yeah, and I, I have – I take – not that I take issue with. I have reactions to some of the things you just said, but it would probably be best if we just got into this commercial for starters and then uh, and then kind of dissected it more. So I'm with you. I really like this ad. Um, in these ads, the premise is that Mr. T is no longer Mr. T. He's Mr. Garen T. Right. And you're going to hear some kind of explosion sounds at the beginning as you see him kind of uh, making his game face in his locker. He's like in a locker room. He's making his game face. And it says, the adventures of Mr. Garen T or something like that. And then what we quickly discover is that he is uh, now an employee, apparently. Sort uh, of a, a of trainee. A trainee to be an employee at Fairfield Inn and Suites, as you said. And he's going around with a Fairfield employee who is delightful, who is uh, kind of showing him the ropes. And this particular one uh they are walking up to a uh a room you know some customers room some lodgers room what's the word i'm looking for i think room i think you covered it room a room and uh they're supposed to deliver pillows to the customer who's spending the night and uh this is what happens At Fairfield, our guests are our number one priority, and sometimes you have to go out of your way to ensure that they have a great stay. Someone want pillows? Open up! Okay, so a shorter man, certainly shorter than Mr. T, a little pudgy, opens the door. Mr. T throws a pillow violently directly into his face. And to be clear, he's in full Mr. T regalia, right? Yes, I the, mean... the sleeveless jean jacket, the gold chains, you know, he's still rocking the Mr. T hair and beard every his image has not changed since he uh cemented it back in the 80s open up want another pillow i used to sleep with a cinder block under my head just to make sure i didn't wake up too soft now at this point mr t while talking has ripped the third pillow in half feathers go everywhere and stick to his beard so let's go get a vacuum and then we're going to talk about a whole lot of different things that just happened. <laughs> <laughs> so that voice you hear at the very end is the guy who's training him. And that line, Vives, I'm with you, is just absolutely charming. That's what That's what got me. And ultimately, th- that actor, and I looked, you know, to the degree that I had time today, I looked to see who he is. He, I couldn't find his name anywhere. He is throughout this uh, two or three spot campaign that they've done. And he's he's the reason it's successful. Mr. T is sort of incidental to the success of this ad, in my opinion. I mean, I'm happy for him, but it's like he's just a foil for this guy to be funny. Right. And that's what I wanted to say. You, if I understand what you were saying before correctly, it sounded like you were saying, hey, some people just kind of lean into their has beenness and it's not pathetic. I actually think Mr. T's kind of post fame career is kind of pathetic. Like he's never moved on from anything. He's nothing but a parody of himself. Yeah. I like that ad, but it's not because of Mr. T. I actually think the whole like, oh, here's Mr. T hawking other product is so played out. They just do it really well with this actor. Well, I think what I meant by successful is that he's selling a product that feels like the campaign is well made. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the the name of the uh, 
the agency that made them is uh, McGarry Bowen. They're out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they are a strong, they're, they're, they're a pretty professional outfit, obviously, and they did a nice job with this. And Fairfield obviously had a budget to work with. So it feels to me like less sort of embarrassing or um, like less of a little bit less of a come down for Mr. T because he's working with professionals. Whereas some of the ones we're going to look at later, it's just, you know, it's just pathetic on every level. Oh, I, that's interesting. I just did a really quick. Uh, I think Mr. T's agent on- is probably like pretty great considering what he what small amount of material he has to work with in sure, here. Sure, like and I'm not saying that he shouldn't do it, that he shouldn't you know cash checks and snap necks or whatever if he can get the work, get it. But like to me, it's just kind of it was like you're only going to get Mr. T to do one thing, which is like re- reprise this character that he created in 1982. Like this is basically the character that he created, not that he created but that he uh filled in uh rocky three and, and i can't remember that character's name i, I know that uh it's iconic people know it anyway um here's one i just did a quick search here he is uh, uh in an old navy t-shirt commercial it looks like he's sitting on an airplane and he's got a neck pillow on only that neck pillow is covered in gold chains of course because guess what mr t yeah is dumb and likes gold chains and muscular too Oh, it's Julie Haggerty of Airplane Fame. Pardon the interruption, but who's responsible for all these upgraded teas? Did someone say tea? Don't you know Old Navy makes teas in more stylish fits, brighter colors, cooler patterns, and even better fabrics? Everyone looks fantastic. My work here's done. Would you consider Julie Haggerty to be in this uh, class? Yeah, I mean, Julie Haggerty is a name that I I know, and most people could probably identify her as the woman from Airplane. And and of uh, course, what about, what about Bob? Bob? But in a way, because she never reached the status that Mister T did in terms of mm-hmm. fame, I think she's kind of coming down farther. I mean, the joke there, of course, is she's dressed in a flight attendant uniform, and she's like, it's she's reprising her role in mm-hmm. Airplane in a sense. So that's. That, to me, it it feels more like she's a character actress. She's doing some character work here versus I'm capitalizing on my famous Mr. T. Like, you notice she's not... Yes, she's sort of winking at her her airplane role, but it's not the focus of the joke. Mm, That Really? That she's the the flight attendant? I think that's very much in the same vein. I agree with you that she's not as famous and not as iconic, so therefore maybe it's downplayed a little bit, but like kind kind of in the reprising her role. I guess so. I just think there's a difference between like being an actress, being who, an actress who's probably done a fair amount of character actress work throughout the years. She had, you know, the one kind of she had the one leading lady role that we've that we're aware of, and then probably not much else that she would. But I bet she's gotten steady work over the years. She she probably played some the mom of some sitcom character right. somewhere along the way. She's probably. Uh, Found her way into some Lifetime movies. Oh, here absolutely! And there. I yeah. really like her. Yeah, no, who doesn't like Julie Haggerty? But she's not f- super famous, so therefore she can't be a has been. Yeah, it's harder to be a has been when you when you were never a been. 
Yeah. Um, I just want to go back to this Fairfield Inn uh, commercial with Mr. T again. You sent me a link today, and I don't think you've seen this whole thing. That commercial with the pillows that we just watched is actually a 30-second cutout of a long web feature they did that's like three minutes and 40 seconds long. And uh, I'm going to play the beginning of it. Maybe I'll even play up to the pillow scene so you can kind of get a sense of it. I will say this is a good example of them taking something long and then editing it down to something short. Like... What they edited for that pillow scene really stands on its own, and I think they did a great job editing it. If they start taking other parts of this video and trying to isolate them and turn them into 30 seconds, I'll be interested to see how that works because it could get – it could get kind of hairy. They they definitely went for the best material. This campaign is uh, over a year old, by the way. Oh, is it? I yeah, didn't know that. I, I only saw that ad in the, in the airport by happenstance. But when I was looking at the some articles about it today, because it got some press, oh. um, it, it started, in, I think it was released in November of 2015. I wonder, maybe that's telling. You saw it in an airport. It's probably just not played as much in our market or on the stations that we watch. It was just playing. So here, I'll play this from the beginning. And I think that... This starts in the same place with Mr. T kind of uh, mean-mugging himself in the mirror in his locker room. Only this time, I think there's a voiceover, so it'll be even a little bit more uh, uh, self-explanatory. I've been through a lot in my life. I've faced some tough opponents. But now it's time to face my toughest opponent of all. Me. think some of the things that are important for Mr. T to learn here would be uh, just an overall softening. Our Fairfield 100% guarantee is all about making sure our guests have a great stay, and that starts right here. They're at the front with desk. With a simple greeting to make them feel welcome. Give it a try. Welcome to Fairfield Inn and Suites. What do you want, fool? No, there are no fools at Fairfield. Try it again. Sucker? Mm-mm. Duffel bag? Mm-mm. D-bag for short. Uh, no, I don't think that's what that's short for. I love that. That's a great line, and this guy delivers it well. Mr. T has so far called guests fool and sucker. This is just or repeating the joke, if it's which a group. Is Now, a big part of the guarantee is making sure that our guests have everything that they need. Oh, here comes someone. Hey, excuse me. I'm so sorry. I lost my key. Lost? I know what it is to lose. Got an 82. I was the heavyweight champion of the world. <laughs> In a movie, lost everything in that stupid rematch. Sorry, what's your room number? So Mr. T is just kind of lost in an old fantasy. It's it's kind of funny. It's kind of cute. Again, if they tried to make this a standalone commercial, it wouldn't work for me, I don't think. Um, he, he goes, he tries to deliver the pillows we talked about. He goes to the gym. Um, they keep He keeps on getting a little bit better. This is one thing I like about this movie, Vives. And He's I, this learning. Three he actually does, you know, they always say comedy comes in threes, and it's always the same. The joke is always that you just didn't evolve at all. And this is kind of an interesting choice. He does evolve evolve he gets a little bit better at his job each time he delivers some towels to some people in the gym that's good he's getting better he's getting politer but then he's kind of like by the way you should you know pump it up on your treadmill so he like he jacks up some his treadmill and, and you know it's it's bad news bears uh, a couple of other instances but then at the end it's not that funny i'll say but again i'm impressed with it there's a guy sitting in like the dining area of the hotel and it's clear that he's out of hot sauce. So Mr. T decides that he's going to get him hot sauce. The only kind of Mr. T-ish joke in this is it goes to the slow motion of Mr. T carrying a full bottle of hot sauce as he runs like very 
with a lot of effort across the room or whatever, like it's an action movie, which isn't that great. But again, he's learning. Let's we'll play get this. out there and connect with those guests. Got it. The breakfast bar tea kind of surprised us in a good way. He gave a man some hot sauce. Hot sauce. Hot sauce. Brought you a little something to spice up those eggs. Thank you. I was just feeling you can use some hot sauce. Yeah, I love hot sauce. I connect with you. <laughs> and I, I connect with you, man. I just am very proud, and I like that man very much, and it was nice to see him do what I knew that he could do. I kind of like the fact that it just is a happy ending, that, yeah, he he's really made his, his uh, teacher proud. Yeah, I get the sense that um, McGarry Bowen was sort of throwing some things at the wall to see what sticks here. Like, let's try it where he's very Mr. T-like and doesn't doesn't get it. And then let's try one where he does. And right. I get the sense that they kind of just had some fun with it and wrote a bunch of different skits and yeah. let it play out. I think you're right. Because this whole thing doesn't fit together all that well. Like I say, there's some, you know, chinks in the editing armor, I yeah. would say, of this. Like, again, like Mr. T made the joke about suckers and fools, and then they just repeated it out of somebody else's mouth. Like, I think they needed a cutaway there, not right. to get too geeky, but I think they felt like they needed to cut away to something there and they didn't have anything great, so they just let him repeat the joke. Because it's just a web thing, you yeah. know? Uh, but I really do like this moment at the end and we're definitely in the part of this that you have not seen yet right okay so then at the end uh, mr t is taking a kind of self-evaluation i think he's talking to the camera in the locker room again i feel like a new man and a new man needs a new name so just call me mr guarantee first name mr middle name is that period Last name, guarantee. <laughs> That's it. I, that had me laughing so hard in my office today. That's a good line. That's a good, yeah. That was well written. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah, I really I really like that. So good job on McGarry, or uh, McGarry Bowen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so and, and, and on that actor as well, who I think really made that. And you you had done a little research into that. Is there anything else that you wanted to, to share? Or well, we I, there was an, this did get some press, as I said. I got an article in Adweek uh, when, it, when the campaign first launched. And I thought what they said was kind of kind of is the is like the perfect little sort of um sum up for for this show that we're doing and they said mr the mr t character is un, is undoubtedly part of the pop culture zeitgeist even if he hasn't felt particularly relevant for some time but the act of recycling icons that have outlived their expiration dates still works wonders for other brands and this campaign packs a slightly stronger punch than many competing chains ads like i think that that's exactly what what we're talking about here it's mm-hmm. like pretty good Kind of an interesting idea, but playing off of this idea that many, many other brands have done, which is one thing America is very rich in uh, is, you know, old celebrities that have outlived their usefulness. Mm-hmm. That's like our main national resource. Uh, so it's so funny today. I was looking at lists of has-beens uh, to see who was in commercials. And one of them is like an old list from a few years ago that was like Donald Trump has oh, been and right. i was just like are you kidding me oh my god you know to change the subject a little a little bit to get away from trump here um what you're saying about the surplus of has been actors in america that comes into a lot of things i was reading at the end of 2016 right of course oh 2016 was the worst year ever because we lost a lot of celebrities i'm not 100 percent sure i buy this all the way i'd like to hear your thoughts on it but there were people positing that 
we're going to start to see a lot of 2016s because there's more and more celebrities. I think and, that's 100% and started true. in the 60s. Now, the one thing that kind of um it kind of belies that a little bit, I think, is the fact that we did see a lot of these prominent people die at too young of an age. You're George Michael in his 50s. Well, we're also a very unhealthy You're, people. Well, that, that that is true. And, uh, you know, Carrie Fisher was only 60. And who's the other one who died? Like Leonard Cohen was an older man. It was sad, but it, it yeah, was Yeah, like George old. Michael, uh, um, Prince. You know, Prince the, is the other one. Yeah. Right, right, right. Because David Bowie was also, I mean, he wasn't quite 80. But, you know, he's he was definitely getting up there. All sad. But I do think that that's, you know, the fact that some of them were younger is what made it hurt so much but imagine you know 40 we're, years we're a from culture, now like, we're a celebrity obsessed culture that's also addicted to opioids so i think you're right, right. i think we're going to start to see some more of this shit now when we start to see like the reality uh you know I'm, I'm talking like decades and decades from now but when we start to see like you know the reality tv stars of this age pass on like yeah it'll be every single day it'll be like another person died but i also don't think that society is going to put as much uh, are going to celebrate the when Heidi and Spencer finally kick it, right? As opposed to David Bowie, I, I would certainly hope not. Of course, the <laughs> of course the Kardashians and that crew will uh, make huge. Yeah, but the, I mean, there's only one Kim Kardashian, right? Yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna um, talking about this surplus of of uh, of famous people. I'm actually going to skip ahead in the rundown a little bit here because I want. I, I think Geico is the perfect example of an ad campaign, actually campaigns that doesn't just kind of use what we'll call has-been actors, but I was thinking about it today. Geico will use anybody who's famous yeah. that they can afford and make it work because some of these folks aren't has-beens. I think of the iced tea commercial with Miss. Uh, with Mr. T. The iced tea... At the, so many teas. I know. The iced tea at a lemonade stand commercial. We've talked about it before. I don't think I have yeah, to explain it Yeah, iced tea was like, that. you know what? Coco needs a new whatever. And, uh, you know, Law & Order only pays so much. I'm not, you know, above the title on that show, so... It would be funny sure, if they, write me if a they, check. they made All the I commercial do is sit like, a lawn chair. If the commercial was like iced tea, it was kind of like, but what is lemonade? Somebody explain it to me. I'm doing a Mr. T while imitating iced tea. That's not fair. Um, but I was thinking, yeah, they'll use anybody. But Geico has a long tradition of of using kind of what we'll call again has been kind of salt and pepper. No disrespect, salt and pepper. Love you, but, but you know. you're past your heyday. And of course, it was the Super Bowl commercial of 2015. I don't think I need to play it now. Most people know it. It's kind of like if you're salt and pepper, you tell people people to push it it's what you do and it's like salt and pepper in the elevator while some normal joe is pushing the elevator button and they're like push it mm. uh sorry i had to make that sound um uh there was a europe the band europe doing the final countdown while right. somebody's waiting in in the lunchroom for their microwavable i think they can really thank finish. will arnett and arrested development for um bringing final countdown yeah, back into maybe the right. guys so those are relatively new um, but then as I was poking around today, I realized there was a, that was the It's What You Do campaign, but there was another campaign in 2008 called Real Service, Real Savings. They used everybody from Peter Frampton, uh, Michael Winslow, Little Richard. I consider Little Richard. For our younger listeners, Michael Winslow is the guy that made sound effects before we had computers. Yes. Here, let me, let's, let's play this one. Um, uh, by the way, I do think, though, that uh, Little Richard is the 
ultimate has been, right? He was the has been in the eighties. I guess so. It, it's so hard. It's heartbreaking to me to think of Little Richard as being a has been because, like, some people transcend, right? Like Bowie could have never, right? You know, Bowie could never be a has been, right? Like Elizabeth Taylor. I mean, all these people are dead, but like there are people who cannot be has beens because they have achieved a certain level of fame and accomplishment that can never be taken away from them, no matter how many dumb Geico commercials they do. And I would almost put Little Richard in that category. I disagree on what... uh, I disagree with you. I don't think it's about reaching a certain amount of fandom so that you can never be considered a a has-been. I think people like Bowie could not be considered a has-been because Bowie continued to change and evolve as a person. He's a bad example. He's a bad example. What about Elizabeth Taylor, I think he's a great example. I think he's a great example of somebody who couldn't be a has-been because of that. I do think that anybody who has a very specific image and they just stick with that over and over, whether or not they were wonderful artists or just mediocre artists like i think that little richard he got very famous do with a certain style and a certain uh sound and he never moved on from that and that is why he is i easily call him a has-been and also but uh, he invented rock and roll that is what he'll tell that you that is what he'll tell that you. is what he'll tell you but okay so so by that definition white diamonds elizabeth taylor has been Maybe, maybe a little bit, although that commercial is so old now that I think that she was still kind of maybe not the heart of things then, but more culturally relevant. And she's dead now. She couldn't do it. Um, I would even say um, who's the oh, – Andrew, your brain. What am I going to do about my brain? Who's the most celebrated director in history who did um, Orson Citizen Wells? Kane? Orson Welles. Oh, and he his – uh, his champ- What was that? Champagne? Champagne. He achieved – the ultimate as far as filmmaking and accolades right. and, and or both like, critical and audience raves. And didn't Brando do something where he was drunk too? Um, maybe. But when you watch these here, these are just outtakes. Of course, I'm sure most people are pretty oh, familiar wine, with this. Oh, champagne. Uh, he did some – I think he did some champagne ones as well. These are the outtakes from Orson Welles wine commercial where he was um, just uh, drunk as a skunk the whole time. 102, take one. With overlap, action please. God. It's just painful. These two. Wait, wait. <laughs> oh, wait, I thought he was about to talk. Does do anything? No, it's a, sorry, cut. You're rolling. <laughs> 102, take two. Ah, <laughs> champagne. It's always been celebrated for its excellence. There is a California champagne by Paul Masson, inspired by that same French excellence. It's fermented in the bottle, and like the best French champagne, it's vintage dated. So, Paul Masson. 102, take three. Action, please. <laughs> Champagne has always been old. celebrated. For it's so great. Uh, I won't play the whole thing. But I think but like, that's a perfect he example. Reached, he reached How a pinnacle. I, He's a has-been is there. Is he? Yes. I just can't quite bring myself. I. That's exactly what I think. That's exactly where we have a, a disagreement. Is yeah. that I just can't. I. It's. It's. Is it tragic? Is it a? Uh, is it a sort of an abomination? Is it a waste of talent? All of those things. Yes. But it doesn't quite feel to me like Mr. T when he dies will be sort of a joke and Orson Welles however 
debauched and, you know, unraveled he became. His he he his body of work is not a joke. Like he's just too serious of an artist to be the kind of has been that I'm thinking of here. But I mean, I think it's a it perhaps is a distinction without a difference. Uh, no, I think it's a difference. I mean, I think we disagree here, um, and that's fine. But I think another example, if I'm going back to this idea of people who couldn't be has-beens because they continue to work. I want to talk about um, Johnny Cash. He was a man who couldn't be a has-been because like Bowie, he continued to be relevant in his field. Like he created new oh, yeah. albums and you know the stuff he was creating right before he died was still like really interesting to people. I think Leonard Cohen was sort of the same way. He was still experimenting on his, he just released an yes. album a month before no, no, he I died. Don't, and I would never I think it's the people but like the Beach Boys for example, Brian Wilson is a has-been. Now, what Brian Wilson did uh, in the early days of the Beach Boys and, um, you know, Pet Sounds and everything. So Ringo Starr is a has-been. Oh, Ringo Starr is the king of (laughs) has-beens. It's like him and Mr. T should get on a goddamn boat. I'm sorry. I really hate Ringo. But yeah, Ringo Starr is a goddamn has-been. All right. Sorry I had to swear so much. I hate Ringo, man. And but you love Paul. <laughs> no, I don't. He doesn't love Paul. No, I don't love Paul. Although Paul is less of a has been, I will say. Um, I don't love Paul. Yeah, by, he's the by best the way, person in Wayne. For the <laughs> for the record, for folks who are like throwing their phones, I, I love the Beatles. I grew up. I mean, they were my first band. I just absolutely love the Beatles. But I do think that as these folks in the Beatles got older, they their personalities sucked. And I don't have any... I don't think that I need to necessarily like... Uh, I don't think those things... So to, Those things can live together in the same universe. So to put a bow on it, there are... In your, in your world, no matter how great somebody's accomplishment is, if they stop evolving and just kind of live in that persona or or sit on that accomplishment or whatever for the rest of their lives. And and I'm not talking about people who just retire from public life. Like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But they sort of cash in, like Orson Welles does there. Um, they sort of cash in on their original thing that they were famous for and never really evolve beyond it, but continue to cash in on the original thing. That, to you, no matter how great the height they reached, they can become a has-been. I do believe that. I do think that it's more evident, though, in cases Listeners, like Mr. Tell T us and, what you think. I'll put a poll Richards. up. Yeah. Because I, I think that Mr. T and Little Richards, they also have just been cashing in on the same very thin premise for a long time. Let's listen to this Geico Little Richards. This campaign, by the way, again, this wasn't the It's What You Do campaign. This is one from like the 2006 Yeah, I barely remember this. This is the one that's called Real Service, Real Savings. And I'm going to play a few of them. They all follow the same, you know, as Geico is good at doing, they all follow the same kind of pattern is a real geico customer not a paid celebrity so to help tell her story we hired a celebrity it was thanksgiving night when i accidentally hit a deer whoa look out look out i called geico expecting to get a recording but someone was there to help me help me somebody help me geico got my claim in the works right away and i was actually able to enjoy my thanksgiving mashed potatoes gravy and cranberry sauce Okay, so that's little Richard. I mean, that makes you cringe. Like when somebody Boy, it like, makes you realize how good Geico commercials have gotten. The production values work for shit. Well, I think these are uh, these I think are bad copies. Actually. No, but I'm telling you like just the camera angles and the the production and everything is so much better now. Here's one with Michael Winslow, the guy who's most famous from pol- the Police Academy movies for making sound effects. Alex Klein is a real Geico customer, not a paid celebrity. So to help tell his story, we hired that guy who does those funny sound effects. My car was told 
Hold on, over a thousand miles. We just didn't even get his name. <laughs> neither, neither did Little Richard. Actually, if you notice, they only give the Chiron of who the person oh, okay. is. Yeah, so. Was totaled over a thousand miles from home. <laughs> so I called Geico. <laughs> and in less than ten business hours, I got a check for a new car. <laughs> <laughs> Geico, real you want to talk about somebody who had one thin shtick and is still doing it 30 years later? That is honestly, that makes me really sad. Like watching little Richard do his thing doesn't make me that sad. But I think like within the last 10 years, I saw a comedy club bill with Michael Winslow's name on it. Yeah. And it just like, oh God, it just made me so sad. We should get him on the show. That's good. No, I couldn't. I, I don't have that kind of meanness in me <laughs> okay last one of these uh i wanted to play the peter frampton one i thought oh, this was guys, kind of funny dumb guitar is a real guy of course customer, see again pe- he's gonna make his guitar talk because he's got his shtick rig is a real geico customer not a paid celebrity so to help tell her story we hired peter frampton my car was totally smashed in an accident no a great way to start the morning and the tow truck that the police called damaged it even more i wanted to pull my hair out geico handled everything quick and easy it felt great do you feel like I do? Geico. Real service, real service. Right? So anyway, I think those are I think those are good has-been commercials. I want to read to you the rest of the people on that campaign. Uh, Peter Graves, Peter Frampton. Uh, Peter Graves, again, airplane, by the way. Um, Peter Frampton. Well, you know, a little bit. I mean, he's he's best known for... Um, Mission, um, Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Yeah. Uh, Burt Bacharach, uh, Little Richard, Mrs. Buttersworth, which... Well, uh, she's actually not a person. She's a fake person. Uh, Joan Rivers, The Pips. Uh, I love Charo. Joan Rivers because Joan Rivers like leaned into her sort of D-listiness forever. Yes. I would say that she was not a has-been. She was a career kind of D, kind of D-lister. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she, she, yeah, like she, good for, like Joan Rivers totally owned it from day one. Uh, Char- she was all, she was always hacky. Yes. Uh, Charo, James Lipton. I watched that oh, one. Oh, can you, what, can we play that yeah, one? You want to play that one? I believe they're sitting at a pool for some reason. Um, this is, this is actor studio guy. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, that link is for, uh, James Lipton Geico. Let's do this. Let's do this. So this is, um, this is, uh, James Lipton sitting at a, uh, sitting next to a pool, uh, in his usual suit with his, uh, with his shoes and socks off, his feet are dangling in the pool and he's sitting next to just a normal Joe. Dan Scott is a real Geico customer, not an actor. So to help tell his story, we hired someone who interviews actors. It was the weekend, and I had questions about my policy. You had questions? (laughs) How existential. I called Geico. They were so helpful and gracious. I've heard they were also quite beneficent and magnanimous. It was refreshing to talk to an actual human being. Human beings behaving humanly. Brilliant. Geico. Real I would say that's less has been, especially because this came out uh, almost 10 years ago, or actually, I think 10 years ago now. Um, that's a man with a sense of humor making fun of himself. Yeah. Going back to what I was saying before, Geico will use has beens, but the premise isn't we're getting has beens. The premise is we are getting anybody you've heard of that we can that's get right. in front of our cameras. Most of whom, just by, ver- by dint of not being 
very expensive will be kind of has-beens. Right. Uh, so I thought uh, the Geico situation, I think, is an interesting one. Let's go back up. We were talking about Gary Busey at the um, at the beginning of the show. Uh, these are from a few years back. These are the Amazon Fire TV commercials. As a matter of fact, I remember these were running concurrently with the ones that our friend Luke Burbank was voicing That's as right. well. Because I remember thinking, wow, Busey and Burbank, both uh, <laughs> on national TV selling uh, Amazon Fire Well, Luke didn't Fire get his TV. face on No, them. he did not. But um, anyway, so here's uh, Gary Busey. This is like, you know, this is 2014. We're now in an era where Busey has totally taken the turn of being a wacky comedian he's where already, the joke is always on him. He's already been on a, on Apprent- the, uh, the Apprentice, right? Yes, and I think a big turn for him was the 2003 show, I looked it up today, that you and I were obsessed with all those years ago, uh, a one-season-only reality TV show called I'm with Busey, which was a mockumentary. I think reality TV show is a strong word for it was what a mockumentary. that was. It was a mockumentary. Right, it was like about this kid, uh, I'm sorry, a young filmmaker who wanted to get to know his hero better, so the whole season about him getting closer to Gary Busey, and Gary yeah. Busey just Buseying it just playing for the, playing to the cheap seats, right? And what would Gary Busey's heyday have been before he was a joke? Like you mentioned, well, he was, he was in an Under Siege. Siege. Um, he was in a bunch of movies, and people. Um, he's in a bunch of action movies, I think. Um, like I'm sure if you looked up his IMDb page, you'd, we'd see some movies we recognize there. It's funny. I mean, when and he did have an accident or something, and that's I want to say, and was. I I don't have my computer in front of me, but he. Uh, I want to say it might have been like a car accident or maybe a motorcycle accident. I think it was pretty serious. Motorcycle uh, crash. Yeah, near yeah. fatal motorcycle crash changes an actor's life, uh, but not his refusal to wear a helmet. So he was always Gary a little Busey. crazy. Um, so this was written by himself uh, for People magazine. So um, anyway. in the third person, though, so that's great. Wow, so that's kind of. In- I I think it's interesting, though. Actually, um, oh, he was nominated for an Oscar for something. Uh, should we look that up? Gary Busey Oscar. Uh, he was nominated for the Buddy Holly story. Oh, interesting. 1979. Wow. Um, so the Amazon Fire commercial, he is in full making fun of himself mode, being just crazy. Busey, let Busey be Busey is what I say. He's sitting in a chair talking directly to the camera, uh, talking about the Amazon Fire Stick. And first, so by the way, one thing I didn't realize about these Fire Stick commercials, I must have seen them a million times, but I never really was paying attention because I wasn't in the market for them. Yeah. So I guess... I'm always talking about how great it is I can talk to my Xfinity remote control. Well, that's something that Amazon had going on with the Fire Stick early on that you could they talk have to. Had a, they should have had a dumpy grandpa and grandma tell us about it. Yeah, or I should have just had one. Um, all right, so here's uh, Gary Busey talking about the fact that none of his other electronics will uh, listen to him when he talks to him. If you're like me, you like talking to things. Talks to the lamp here. Like. Uh, hello, Lamp. Hello, Gary. See? Hello, Pants. Thank you, Fish, for being here. Talking to the fish. But it's frustrating when things don't listen, especially high-tech things. They take a direct Find Gary hit at the... Busey. They show a Roku box. Find Gary Busey! Won't listen to him. But this new Amazon Fire TV listens to me and does exactly what I say. Gary Busey. He was in Point Break. Oh, right, of course. Yeah! 
Okay, so that's your Gary Busey. I mean, he's a man who I feel like he's still kind of getting away with it because he's so goofy about it. But certainly at this point, a guy who, as I was saying before, is cashing in on his – he does one thing and he's just going to keep doing it. I think in another 10 years, it's just be like, good grief, Busey. I don't know. I mean, it's been 10 years and then it's yeah. been another 10 years. You know, like I, this is to me I – was, I said at the start of the show, I think some celebrities, either because they have good agents or good instincts – um, and God knows you wouldn't peg Gary Busey for having good instincts, but like some of them really find a way to cash in on their, um, their image in a way that is not super humiliating. Mm-hmm. And I would say this is the best example. I mean, Amazon is an A-list brand and that's a, that's the long version. They do the 30s. I've seen the 32nd version on television, mm-hmm. but it's like high production value. He's obviously, you know, made some money for that. It's, and it presents him in a, although sort of crazy Busey-ish light, it doesn't present him as just like a totally like a sort of hollowed out person. Mm-hmm. Like he's shown, he's depicted in like a really like fancy um, beach, beachfront yeah. living room. Like he's presented as someone who like has his shit together. Yeah. And I think that he's crazy like a fox. Like I think Busey's like... I agree. 30% of what we think of as Busey is real, and I, I think the other 70 is image. I completely agree. I think that, that the, uh, what I'm calling the reality TV show that he did, the the mockumentary thing, same thing. Like, I think he's I think he's smart. Like, he yeah. knows, hey, I did some crazy things. I got a lot of attention, and now, and this was back in 2003, I'm going to, like, kind of capitalize on that, and, and that's going to be my character. And I, I think that uh, yeah, I think he is like smart. Fox is perfect. Be- saying that someone is smart, by the way, is not the same thing as saying that they're an intellectual or that they're interesting or that they you know are are an intellectually curious person but is Busey as crazy as Busey appears to be absolutely not I see this video here we can't play it because this isn't supposed to be a podcast about Busey it's supposed to be about commercials but we were talking about his accident and when things change and somebody has posted a 1989 appearance here of him on the David Letterman show and they note this is one year after the accident. So maybe we should watch that later. Maybe he'll talk about it. I did find a more recent Gary Busey ad, Genevieve, I want to play it for you. Um, this is just from this year, uh, and it's for Unity Bank. Hey, guess what? I've never heard of Unity Bank either. Apparently, they're, I assume you haven't. No, I have. You have? Sure. Oh, never even heard of them. Um, they're based in New Jersey, and... Um, They've uh, had some success with their marketing. I've I've have, I've heard okay. of them, yeah, because they're not a local bank to us. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah, may, that makes sense then. Because here's a commercial with Gary Busey. He is sitting in the president's office of Unity Bank uh, and saying that he is the president of Unity Bank. And let me play this, and I'll give you some more context. Hi, I'm Jim Hughes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm the president of Unity Bank. Bring. You want a loan for a spaceship? Yay! We should just mention, like, he says, you want a loan for a spaceship? He was talking into a stapler as if it's a phone. <laughs> he's really bedraggled looking in here. He's not made up, really, at all. Or he's yeah. made up to look as crazy and His hair's all wild. possible, yeah. He's playing with the things on the desk. Come see me at the Unity Bank. You can't even imagine it. Gary. Who? Being president is not that simple. Okay, what? so suddenly the real president comes in and stops Gary's foolishness. My job is to do what's best for the customer. Go! 
<laughs> that is a super low budget commercial. It looks like it's shot on like it looks like kind of a uh, almost a high school um, project of some sort. Yeah, did a little looking at that. This was the second in a commercial. You had mentioned that Unity Bank. Uh, has a good marketing strategy. This one with Joe Piscopo, which set the stage for this one with Busey, actually was super successful. Won some advertising awards. No, like Piscopo, won a telly or something. Hardcore like that. has been. Oh, absolutely. Almost a never been. Almost a never been. <laughs> so never been. that's right. Uh, and uh, Joe Piscopo basically did the same ad. And in the thing I was reading, it said that this ad campaign was so successful that they ended up kind of rerunning it a couple of times. And then they recently redid it with Busey. Let's just play the Joe Piscopo one for funsies. Hello, I'm Joe Piscopo, president of Unity Bank. Doesn't you... this already look like a higher quality shot, though? Isn't yeah. that funny? The one with Busey just looked like it was done on a camcorder. Need a business or personal loan? We should talk. At Unity Bank, you are our neighbor, and we are here for you. So give me a call, and I can help you get a loan in no time. Joe, what are you doing here? I was just <clears throat> playing president again. If you need a loan... Call me, Jim Hughes, the real president of Unity Bank. I'll so I just only only small difference there is Joe Piscopo doesn't claim to be the actual president; he claims to be himself. Uh, I think that Joe Piscopo one is much better. It's funny that yeah. they remade essentially the exact same yeah. ad with two different, you know, over like has been celebrities because the first one worked fine. And then the second one was like a sort of a lesser version of the first one. Yeah, although I thought it was funnier. I mean, it was funny to see um, Gary put. I would like, say Gary has a slightly better comic timing for whatever it's worth. Yeah, and there they did like I like the choppy editing of that one. And also at one point he takes a manila folder and wears it as a hat, and I think that's a, a never not funny. Yeah, the talking to this like Joe Piscopo plays it too straight. Gary Busey plays it crazy, which is like talking to a stapler and talking about spaceships. (laughs) Right. Crazy like a Busey. You want to talk about these Shaq commercials? This is Shaq on the the general insurance. This was, I think, one of our original things that made us think about has-beens. Because talk about greats, right? Like Shaq is one of those people who, if I'm sticking to my own theory, is arguably beyond has been, right? Like he he legitimately, I I don't really follow basketball, but like he was not a... uh, he was not some almost was in basketball. He was a great, um, and he, you know, he really, he really achieved a lot, but I don't know what his, what happened to his finances that he now mm-hmm. needs to do insurance commercials for the general, but the general is like, if Geico's goes to sort of like mainstream and upscale for you, you should get insurance. If you can not get insurance with Geico cause you're, you're too big of a credit risk go to the general. Right. I actually found a, a Reddit thread today that was all based on why is Shaquille O'Neal doing these commercials? And people are actually looking into like, it says here that he's worth X amount of money. Like, why would he possibly do these things? He can't need the money. But we don't know the inside. You know, people, they can be worth tons of money. They can get in over their head. You can get a deal. I mean, I find it hard to believe that like Shaq is in over his head and the only way out, the only vine he can grab are these ridiculous uh insurance maybe he just enjoys it i mean he was like he loved making kazam and now no one will make him let him make another genie movie so wait are you thinking of shazam the genie (laughs) movie with uh what was the whole internet thing last week oh god this is this crazy internet thing though that also on reddit if you care to check it out where people are claiming that they have like a bunch of people are claiming that they have a, a memory of a movie called kazam about a genie that stars um uh Sinbad. Right. And the comedian Sinbad. And 
clearly they're misremembering Shazam with Shaquille O'Neal, but in the way of the internet now, there's all these lunatics saying like, oh, it's proof of an alternate no, universe. No, I think, wait, because Kazam with a K is the Shaquille O'Neal movie. I'm sorry, probably Shazam. Shazam is the, is the movie false that, memory. For some reason, we have this collective false memory that Sinbad starred in a movie where he played a genie and it was called Shazam. Right. Um, but like, where did the, and I probably, because Sinbad is sort of a, well, the Sinbad isn't the name of a genie. It's Sinbad the name of a, a pirate. Of a pirate. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Anyway, that took us in a weird place. I guess we'll play one of these Shaquille O'Neal commercials on the general. Like, if you've never seen one of these things, I don't know what to tell you. They're just bonkers. It involves this almost three-dimensional but very rooted in the Uncanny Valley cartoon of a general, a short... Yes. The world's crappiest CGI, I think, yeah, is the phrase you're looking that for. That is exactly the phrase I'm looking for. And, uh, and there's all kinds of weird ones. I was going through them today. They always... They often star the general. Sometimes they don't. There's one where some guy is just talking to his dog, and his dog is talking back. And then at the end, you see the, the general. They have a jingle. Um, you'll hear the jingle here. But some of them star Shaquille O'Neal. And uh, this is one of them. I think in this one, he's just on a stool talking to the camera while other things are happening, maybe. Hey, you want affordable auto insurance from a company that provides great customer service? Check out the general. Okay, I- here's what's happening. So... Shaquille O'Neal is talking to us in a chair, but then we cut to behind the scenes, and you see that the general is directing this commercial. He's sitting in a director's chair behind a camera that is aimed at Shaquille O'Neal. At the general, monthly payments are low, and you can get immediate online proof of insurance. Get your anonymous online quote with low payments and ride with the general. Perfect. Okay, now this is where things go weird. The general, who's apparently directing this ad, thinks that the take went well. The general is now holding a basketball, and that basketball is either he's either going to throw it at Shaquille O'Neal or it's going to get away from him. Now let's do the free throws. (laughs) And then somehow the cartoon throws the real basketball into Shaquille Shaquille O'Neal's bald head, and then you hear people laughing off screen while Shaq gives a surprise look. They're just so crappy. I mean, they really are, like, they're just the lowest production values you could ever, ever imagine. And it's bizarre. It's bizarre to me. Like, Shaquille O'Neal is really famous. Like, he was, at one point, an A-lister. Yeah. I I do want to, I I almost stopped the thing, but I mentioned the the jingle. And the more commercial radio I listen to, the more I realize how... How valuable a horrible sounding jingle is because they just get stuck in your head, and the general has one of those. (laughs) For a great low rate you can get online, go to the general and save some time. Short to the point. Yes. All right, there's a couple of those. Um, we should probably move a little bit quicker here. Um, oh, you had a Gary Coleman ad in here, which oh, I thought this was a little a bit sad. sad this is a sad been, story about me and my dumb brain. He's been dead for a long time, like seven years. Okay, now, so I let think. me just explain why I put this in here. First should we of play all, play the commercial. Yeah, play the commercial. Okay, so this it, is this, this is, is Gary the ultimate. Coleman. Like, I know I'm a has been. Right, absolutely. and this is a shitty product, but I need the cash. So this is Gary uh, Coleman of, of course, Silver, uh, no, not Silver Spoons, um, different strokes, different strokes, yeah. And uh, it's for something called Cash Call 
Dot com. Yeah, I think Gary Coleman wanted his cash call. What do you think? I love you cash call. Cash wired right into my account. No one else would lend me money. Not even my relatives. Cash call, God, you're awesome. so sad. If you need to borrow cash for any reason, call 877-860-CASH. It's super sad because he had... You know, he had a lot of issues in yeah. later in life, right? And he, he died a, very young. And he died young, and he just never got his S together after different strokes. And I think he was broke a lot of the time. Yeah. And he made a lot of bad decisions. He made a lot of bad decisions. And I will tell you that when I put this on the list, I was like, oh, look, Gary Coleman's really leaning into his has-been status. And then you wrote on the show sheet, oh, yeah, but he died. And then I had to admit to myself and now also to the listeners. Because I'm forcing you to, <laughs> apparently. That I, like many people, thought that Emmanuel Lewis had died um, and of Webster fame mm-hmm. and not Gary Coleman. Emmanuel Lewis is, by all accounts, doing fine. You've looked this up. I, well, he's alive. He, I mean, so for in that way, he's doing way better than Gary Coleman. Yeah. Um, and we share a birthday, interestingly. You and, you and Emmanuel Lewis? Yeah. Not the same year. No, no. He's a little older than me, but... Just a little bit, though, because he was yeah, a kid yeah, when we were like, kids. Yeah, he's like six or seven years older than me. Oh, really? That much? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm surprised. Um, well, there you go. Well, the the good news is you learned something interesting about you and Emmanuel Lewis. Yeah. I wonder if he's doing any... Can we just do a quick search to see if he's doing any commercials? Commercial. I find it hard to believe he hasn't done some commercial. It's, it would be hard. To, it's hard to believe. Although I'm not seeing anything from his post yeah childhood heyday. There's cool. He did some Burger King commercials in the 80s. You know, like when 1982 he was a teeny kid, yeah. when he was a little kid. Um, and it looks like yeah, most of his commercials happened while during the height of his fame. So good for him. I won't go down that rabbit hole. You have a Tory Spelling one in here. I haven't. Yeah, watched this is it. a longer one. It's kind of like almost more infomercially. But you should. We should let her. Um, let her get started. Okay, sounds good. Um, and this product that she's selling, this service, I should say, is, I think, I think often the last bastion for has-beens, right? I'm Tori Spelling. As a wife, mother, actress, author, and entrepreneur, it is tough finding balance. I don't have all the answers. It's nice to see she did, she'd never had any work done. Oh, God. But I did find clarity with Psychic Source. A reading from one of their advisors gives me an unbiased perspective on everything. From my relationship to my kids, even my career. It's amazing to connect with someone who could offer real insight. Yeah, she went to them and she said, I need some insight on my career. And they said, the future says you're going to do commercials for us now. <laughs> okay, right. Let it go just one, like, okay. like 10, 10 or 20 more seconds. Okay. Whether it's on the phone, online, they read you and your energy. Not your clothes or your body language. And with so, hundreds of carefully screened... That's yeah. what's hilarious to me is she's like basically trying to tell you like look it's not a cold reading it's right. like there's real science yes, here yes she's yeah admitting that the other people are, are scamming you oh, uh, quick mention of course I, I would throw John Bon Jovi into this with his um, with his uh, that dude's you know, still selling out time. stadiums are his are they are they is it selling out with middle aged women? Yes, but their their money's green. Sure, okay, maybe on the bubble, John Bon Jovi on the yeah. bubble on the has been bubble. I'm pretty sure he's still performing. He may be at the go on a John Bon Jovi cruise phase of his career, in which case I agree, very bubble. I don't think I need to play this one. There's the one with uh, Bo Jackson. There's a couple with Bo Jackson right now, famous running back for the Raiders. Um, that the reason why these got attention from people like me especially was that they uh, employ Tech Mobile, which is a game I was very obsessed with as a, as a kid, as a lot of 
kids my age were in the 80s. Um, and you could play real players, and Bo Jackson was one of them. And Bo Jackson was always the player to play. You wanted to play the Raiders because Bo Jackson... I think there's a whole Family Guy skit about it where, like, you could just be Bo Jackson and just run up and down the field, up and down he was the field, up and down the field. He was basically unstoppable. So when you're playing with your friend Tim Cassida, you're just, like, trying to play Bo Jackson, which honestly wasn't an issue for me and Tim, if I'm being honest here, because I was a 49ers guy because I liked the arm. Uh, but anyway, um, and then there's one with Bo Jackson now that's currently running where he kind of enters, like, it's real... Bo Jackson from today, but he's driving a Kia. Mm-hmm. He's driving a Kia, and uh, and it's. A I mean, at least it's a Kia. car. Yeah, that's true. And, but it's just like it's such a it's such a weak T car to like. They finally bring back Tech Mobile. I think this commercial is really good because you hear those Tech Mobile sounds. Like, actually, maybe I will play a little bit of this because yeah, those sounds are unmistakable. The sound of get down, hut hut hut, like that was the sound of my youth. So every time this commercial comes on. Which I think is a great concept for a commercial to bring back Tech Mobile to appeal to people like me to get the attention with the use of sound is great. But then everything else about this commercial, probably not unlike a Kia, is just a mistake. Like <laughs> they, they just ruined, like they took a decent concept and absolutely destroyed it. So these ads really uh, drive me crazy. But let's see if this is the one where they use the get down sound. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Now, in this particular ad, uh, you also have an appearance from Brian Bosworth. These two players who were um, great competitors and specifically kind of against each other uh, during the uh, mid to late 80s. And you were uh, telling uh, me... Mid to early 80s. So at one point when they're both in the car, Bosworth says, like, thanks for not running me over. And and um, Bo says... You mean again? Right. And I didn't get that reference, but you were telling me yeah, about here, it. Yeah, here, I'll play that. So now Bo Jackson is driving his Kia on the Tech Mobile field, and the, the, this is where the commercial falls apart. The graphics really get bad. And then he picks up. So now that I'm looking at it closely, as a matter of fact, there's a famous run that they are reenacting here. The Kia goes over to the left side of the field and hits uh, hits Brian Bosworth right in the end zone. Thanks for not running me over. You mean, again? Just take it to the house. Oh, they're both like so... It's just so kind of sad. I like how how halting the timing is. Yeah, it's just so Like they wait until someone off screen goes like, now is your line. The commercial is just horribly con- uh, not conceived, but well, kind of conceived, but, the but cons- executed. The, con- the the concept doesn't bother me. It doesn't appeal to me personally, but I get why the I get its appeal generically to somebody who did grow up with Tech Mobile. But it's badly executed, and it feels like oh yeah, this is the Kia of commercials. Yes, it is the Kia of commercials, which I guess is like right on brand in a way. So looking it up here really quickly, so the the play in question that we're talking about uh, it happened in uh, 1987. Everybody was really excited about this matchup of Bo, who was like a very uh, just celebrated uh, rookie uh, running back. Bosworth played for the Seahawks. He was a very celebrated rookie. I want to say defensive end, and um, and they thought it was going to be a great ma- matchup. But Bo basically ran one uh, touchdown for like 90 yards. And then the one that I think this game or this commercial is specifically referring to is Bo goes to run from the outside. Bosworth tries to stop him. He just runs him over and pushes him into the end zone. Now, let me ask you something. I am kind of a sports dummy. Mm -hmm. So am I, which is why I'm just dreading people listening to that last paragraph. But 
so uh, so as a sports dummy, to me that feels so obscure. I understand that there are big plays in sports that everybody remembers and that fans remember for years, but that was so long ago, and it feels like who are, are, is there? Is that a is that a well known enough cultural reference point? that it's appealing to people who they want to sell to. Like I've just, it feels like they're trying to connect Mm. a lot of dots to sell me an Ikea, which it doesn't work for me at all. Like it, Mm -hmm. it engenders in me zero desire to try Ikea. Yeah. I didn't know about this famous play. I'm sure a lot of people in our audience did. I'm sure a lot of people in our audience didn't. I was just kind of poking around kind of, and I'd heard that line a million times run you over again. I thought that was such a general joke about these guys basically playing in the same era. I didn't realize it was specifically a play that was, but it feels like it's only resonant if you know what it's a reference. Well, here's the, here's the argument for that. I will say we see this during football games and with the whole Tecmo thing, I think it is very specifically talking to football nerds of my generation. You know, uh, it doesn't work for me because I wasn't a football nerd back then. You know what I mean? And I wouldn't call myself a football nerd now. I just enjoy it now. But, uh, like a lot of that was lost on me too, but I'm sure that for the bros who are just kind of like, dude, that's you know Tecmo Bowl, and then they remember that play, you know, it sparked something. I would say the commercial didn't fail on me because I didn't get that joke. It failed on me for various reasons, but I think if you don't know that specific play, you still get like these two were competitors back in the day, run you over again. I wonder if Kia is trying to counter the perception that it's a car for women, maybe, or just that it's the Kia of cars. <laughs> as you would say. All right, so that's it, right? Uh, no, I guess Patty LaBelle. I didn't, not much to say about this one. I just wanted to throw well, this was a in. funny thing. Yeah, why don't you play this at us real quick? Yeah, th- this is part of a campaign that Walmart has been doing, very short 15-second ads, where you just see some people um, maybe having a dilemma or talking about something, and then all of a sudden you hear a bell ring, and you see the, the iconic smiley face of Walmart, and then something changes in the frame that Walmart ha- has made better. In one case, a father is giving his two daughters these kind of ugly bags to carry their books in. They look sad. Then, ding! Suddenly, they're holding these really cool Powerpuff Girl bags or whatever. I know that's dated, but just go with me. Um, so in this one, they don't all star famous people. This one uh, happens to have Patty LaBelle. So this woman is uh, apparently like cooking in her kitchen. She's got an apron on. Doorbell rings, and suddenly Patty LaBelle is at the door. Patty LaBelle? Yeah. Patty Pie! Mmm, mmm. Girl, that's $3.48. Patty LaBelle's beeping. So that beep you heard this time, I guess it's, less, it's more of a beep than a bell, like a cash register. Um, so the reason that that's, I think, a good ad for Walmart is that a couple years ago, so that's for a sweet potato pie that is mm-hmm. like branded Patty LaBelle. She apparently has like a a line of of frozen foods. Um, that sweet potato pie, like, sold out a couple of years ago. It, like, kind of made the news as, like, oh, really? the, the dessert du jour. I mean, it's, you know, it's Walmart. It's not, like, some, you know, haute cuisine. But it's it was just super popular, and it, like, got in all the news. Sort of was, like, this, this little moment when the pie went viral, in mm-hmm. effect. I found and, an NPR story about it from just last year, 2015, saying, once a hard sell, Walmart's Patty LaBelle p- pies fly off the shelves. Yeah. It's just sort of one of those things that, like, it it had its moment. So it's, it's it makes sense that Walmart trying to capitalize off that around the holiday season. Yeah. That's that's pretty cool. Uh, I kind of like – I like the part – it's the obvious joke, but – 
when she just yells, that cost me three forty eight. Because I like <laughs> the fact that like they're advertising that it's very affordable, yet still having Patty LaBelle care about that three dollars and forty eight cents yeah. is like somehow that's kind of a double joke that somehow works on me. So, uh, did you want to leave it there? Do you have any others that you want to throw in here? Let's just get on to the ad council. We've just got one piece of ad council feedback today, and we'll get to that right now. All right. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying, only the echoes of my mind. I like singing along with the song and then getting the lyrics wrong. It's kind of my thing. Hope no other podcasts do that. Um, we have one piece of feedback today, and since we had kind of a long show and I knew we were going to get into a lot of commercials, I thought I would just... Just talk about this one piece of feedback. We got a lot of people writing in after our military uh, ads show where we talked a lot about um, services and products that are geared towards military families. Particularly, we talked about USAA, uh, which I believe is a credit union, uh, and how – no, it's insurance, excuse me. It's both. Uh, um, So, yeah, so it's sort of financial services. And we had so many people write in and say how much they love USAA and they love the service and the rates are great. And if you have – and it made them – even like had very emotional reactions to it, like made them feel close to their families and some of their family members who served and and just had nothing but praise for for that company. This is from listener Taylor. She had a slightly different take on it. And can I just mention one other thing too is that – I have never served in the military, but I thought it was really interesting that they made a point of saying, we call you by your rank. And, you know, like when you when you call up, they'll say, you know, oh, it's Sergeant Walsh or whatever, and they mm-hmm. treat you. And I thought, I've never been in the military, but that seems like something that would be important, that I do, that you speak the same language, you're of the same world. Uh, okay, right. So this is what listener Taylor had to say. Uh, she says uh, she saved the military ads episode for a long holiday drive uh, because she really wanted to listen with her husband who is a former Navy person, as we... I knew that's what they were called. ...wisely referred to them. Uh, they're called sailors. Um, gosh, Taylor, they're called sailors. <laughs> Learn a little something. Um, she says, because of that experience, the military civilian of, the, of you know, being married to a, a sailor, uh, because of that experience, the military civilian divide has always fascinated me, especially the civilian perception of what being in the military tells people about you. Uh, on her reaction to the USAA ads... Um, she says what we pointed out uh, that they tend to refer to people as the last rank that they held, like you were saying when they were veterans, which is something that my husband has asked them to stop doing when he calls. Hmm. That's weird. Um, yeah. She says it's not that he's not proud of his service. It's not the, it's just not the thing that defines him. Uh, and now that he's no longer on active duty, it's just something that he's not even comfortable with. Kind of like how this is her saying, kind of like how I was real uncomfortable when the MPs would call me ma'am when I was 23, <laughs> which would be weird, <laughs> right, right? I yeah. mean, you know, you were a ma'am, but, but you feel weird when you're 23 and someone calls you ma'am. Um, to expand on his point, uh, I think there's a real tendency to see the military as a monolith. And while there are some shared attributes, there's more variation than many might expect in terms of attitude, approach, and outlook to service. Not everybody wants to be thanked for their service when they call their bank. So that's kind of interesting, right? Like, yeah, I mean, of course, I think we would all agree that no population is a monolith and no no group of people who have one characteristic in common are all the same. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like a, a, a marketer, a bank, a whoever, it makes sense that they would look for, if they're serving a particular population, whether it's, you know, new parents or elderly people or military families or whatever, they're going to look for the thing that 
for the most part, those people have in common. So I do wonder, like, does this, do, I'd, I'd be curious, like, if, if there are other military families and other military spouses who have that same kind of reflexive reaction against that, or if you're, if Taylor's in the minority, you know, like, because if, because if she's in the minority, then what they're doing actually makes sense from a marketing perspective, whether it, you know, kind of rubs her the wrong way or not. Yeah. Um, I, I can, I understand that to a degree, I guess the reason why, and again, I'm totally outsider. I, I'm not arguing a point here. I guess the takeaway from the, uh, from the ads for me wasn't like, it actually seemed to try to engender the opposite of that, that it's not, it's not that, oh, you're just calling a civilian bank and they're saying thanks for your service, but like, no, these are your people. Right. And I understand what Taylor is saying that like, well, th- that's not the idea. Then that's not the thing that I that defines her husband, so he's not comfortable with it. But anyway, go on. Uh, the thing she goes on. Uh, the thing in the USAA ads that bothers me is the line in one where the guy says that USAA quote took care of my wife while I was deployed. As a former uh, mill spouse, military spouse, I guess. Uh, nice portmanteau. This fills me with rage. It perpetuates a sexist stereotype that women need looking after generally, and military spouses tend to be some of the more put together on top of their shit capable people I've ever met. So thanks anyway, USAA. She says I'd shop around for insurance after they offended my feminist sensibilities, but their rates are too good. So on that one point, everyone agrees. Their rates are excellent. Um, And then finally, she says, uh, the last thing I'll say about the episode is that I may be one of the few people to roam this earth who actually is made at least a little uncomfortable by surprise military reunion videos. So this was sort of something else we talked about in mm-hmm. that episode, this idea of like showing, you know, mil- people who are deployed surprising their families in the house that they just bought or whatever it is. Um, she says, don't get me wrong, they can melt your heart, but they can also go awry and put people, especially young children, in uncomfortable positions. Reunions are hard and take work, especially when someone has been away a significant amount of time. I know uh, the ups and I know what the ups and downs are like when a loved one returns and you reunite in a way that you can anticipate and plan for. So having that kind of thrown on me is something I would never get my head around. And this is a true story. Her husband came home early one uh, by a day or two from a deployment, and she says I wouldn't let him into our apartment because we had just moved. I knew no one and was convinced that some creeper was bringing the buzzer. So he's home from the military from a deployment. She's like not having it. She didn't know it was him. Right. Um, I guess. I could totally associate with that, by the way, as somebody who doesn't want attention thrust upon me. Yeah. uh, And I'm very particular about that. Yeah, I can imagine you wouldn't enjoy like a big video. I'm sure if I was in the military and I came home, I would not want anything to do with that. Yeah. Uh, And finally, I'll just wrap up uh, her comment with this. She says, kids, especially really young kids, react in a variety of ways to the return of a parent. And you can understand that, right? Like, Mm -hmm. they don't necessarily know that the socially acceptable thing to do is, like, you know, smile and cry and Mm -hmm. hug. Like, kids kids have weird reactions sometimes. Like, they get nervous or they get anxious. Uh, The idea of springing a reunion on them without their being ready for it and having an expectation that it's just going to be heartwarming and is worth filming for posterity just icks me out a bit. Um, it's not to say that they're all great or terrible. I just imagine that for every nine happy ones you see, there's one out there that went really wrong and ended in the bad kind of tears. Mm. Um, so, yeah. She I, says, I'm looking at this over your shoulder. It says that she the, she likes the – she doesn't mind the ads, the reunion ads, when they're fake reunion ads with actors. Now, when they're part of an ad with actors, I think Toys R Us had one like this this holiday season. I'm all for it and will definitely cry. So that's interesting. As a 
as a moment in a commercial or an idea in a commercial, she she's totally fine with it. But it's the actual idea of you know kind of doing that viral video thing where you're actually taping somebody's real homecoming and then turning it into a commercial. Um, and she says her husband uh, is willing to bet that they were all actors in those ads. And I don't know if mm. he means like literally like all the USAA ones and all of the Navy Federal Credit. If so, um, boy, they're really pulling a fast one because they're they're really presenting that as real. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. I saw another U because it's also USAA that has the ads with the the women. Like there's one where she's um, you think she's talking about some sort of battle scene, but she. No, I think ends that's up- Navy Federal Credit. Oh, okay. So, yeah. But USAA, our ads are right, pretty straightforward, okay. but they do. I know that like um, some football player, Villanueva, uh, is one of the spokespeople for them. And oh, yeah, he's a real about, person. Yeah, I right, mean, he, he's verifiably right. in the military and, and mm-hmm. a football player. Um, so we had talked about the one where the woman was getting married in the wedding dress, but I saw another one the other day where she was uh, all excited about a house they had bought with the help of the credit union. But she, you thought that she was talking about some battle maneuvers or okay. something, but she was talking about negotiating the house sale. So just another take on some of the military ads and how a, mil- a real military family might experience them differently from maybe the majority or maybe the way that um, you we as civilians might expect military families to react. So Taylor, once again... Uh, for this week is uh, chairman of the Ad Council Board. All right, V, it's time to get out of here. A reminder that everybody should join our Facebook group. If you haven't already, go to um, After These Messages on Facebook and you'll find our group. It's a... Uh, what is this? It's an open group, but it's invite only. So if you just click the I want to join thing, we'll, we'll accept we'll your invitation. We'll add you. They're still moment. trickling in. So uh, the more the merrier. Come on in. It's a really fun community and lots, lots of activity there. You can always email us at after these messages show at Gmail. And you can definitely always call us at 607-444-5597. And if you don't mind giving us a review on uh, iTunes, that goes a long way in helping uh, other people discover the show as well. And why wouldn't we want to subject them? To this. <laughs> Alright, everybody, have a great week. We will talk to you next Tuesday. You can't sell anything.